Hi, and welcome to the Millennial Preacher Podcast with your host, myself, Ryan Roberts. Today we're going to be talking about something we often try to avoid. We're going to talk about shifting and new seasons in your life. I believe that today is going to be a changing day in all of our lives, and it's going to help propel you and myself to an even deeper place in trusting in the Lord. I'm excited. Let's get ready. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Millennial Preacher Podcast. Maybe this is your very first time listening, or maybe you've listened the last couple of weeks. Either way, I'm excited and thankful that you're here today. We're going to be talking about a subject that is often very difficult, at least I know it is for me. We're talking about shifting. We're talking about seasons. I'm calling today's show, It Is Well With My Soul. And let's be honest, I don't know if everything is always well with my soul, but I believe that there is a way that we can get there or at least get even closer to that than we are before. I think it's a value. I think it's important. I think it's necessary. And I'm excited about that. Not excited, but I am excited at the exact same time. I don't know if that makes sense, but I think it will as we dive in. Today is graduation day in our community, at least my community it is. Maybe some schools will be graduating in a, in a day or two. Maybe some will be graduating next week. But for many seniors, hundreds of students, they ended their K-12 through education today. First of all, if you are one of those students, congratulations. If you're a parent of one of those students or a grandparent, congratulations to you too. But during those times, I can't help but think about shifting, about seasons, about what that really means. See... I can remember my graduation. I graduated in 2011, and maybe you're chuckling right now as if that was uh, not that long ago at all. But for me, at my age, it seems like it's been quite some time ago, but I can still remember it vaguely. I'll be honest with you. I don't remember much about what the speaker said. I I don't remember the entire speech. I, I don't remember much about it. I can barely remember actually getting up and walking across the stage. I do remember shaking the principal's hand. I I remember those few moments like that. But I do remember sitting in my chair and thinking that I had everything figured out. I knew exactly what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. My biggest goal was I wanted to be a high school football coach. I believed I was going to go to college, somewhere at a local college, and my goal was to eventually end up at a big state institution. I was planning on getting my degree in physical education, and I was going to go back to my local high school and hopefully get the job, if not the uh, main football coach, to be an assistant coach or something like that. And I immediately jumped into that world. That very summer, I actually started helping with peewee football in our community, and that fall, I jumped into helping with game day operations with the high school team. That is, I helped paint the football field. I helped make sure everything was ready to go. And I just knew that's what I wanted. But everything changed. For me personally, when I got a little bit older and I got into college, I, I quickly realized that that really wasn't what I was supposed to be doing in my life. After I became a Christian at the age of 19, I recognized and I realized there was something much more important than any selfish thing that I ever could imagine. And I knew that I had to devote myself to this new thing called Christianity. Now, could have I have done that and still been a football coach? Of course I could have. But there was something new birthed inside of me, and I knew that I was supposed to be a minister. 
I didn't know what that looked like, how to get there. And I wasn't even attending church, but I knew there was something different. What's my point of that story? My point is, is that oftentimes when we're shifting in seasons, we think we know what to expect. But normally it's not anything that we expect at all. Maybe it's a whole lot better and maybe it's a whole lot worse. Today, I had the privilege of attending a local high school graduation ceremony, and it really was quite a beautiful ceremony, and now that I'm older, I've been out of school for quite some time, I I look at it completely differently than I feel like I did when I was a senior. I look at it, and I think, man, I know they have hopes, I know they have dreams. Some of them want to go to college, some of them's already started college. Some of them want to go to trade school. Some of them just want to jump into the job market. And some maybe don't have a clue what they want to do at all. And all of those are okay. But all of them are changing. They're shifting in a different season. That's certainly not a bad thing. But as we all know, if we've lived any at all, anytime there's a shift, anytime there's a new season, there is unique challenges that accompany that season. There'll be victories, there'll be good things, there'll be happy times, there'll be new people to encounter and and, and new moments of great joy. But oftentimes, it's also going to have moments of great challenge, great conflict, and great frustration. And if you're like me, maybe you feel like you're in one of those times right now. You're in a shift. The season is changing. You know it's necessary, but you don't know what to expect. Maybe you feel that this next season maybe is quite difficult. Maybe you have some excitement. Maybe you're scared. Maybe you're nervous. Maybe it's all of the above. Well, today I want to talk a little bit about what the Bible says about seasons and about shifting. I preached a message at the beginning of this year to the youth group at my church called Shift Slash Seasons. And I read from Ecclesiastes 3, the New Life Version. And I want to read that to you now, starting in verse 3, chapter 3, verse 1. There is a special time for everything. There's a time for everything that happens under heaven. There's a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pick what is planted. There is a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up. There is a time to cry and a time to laugh, a time to have sorrow and a time to dance. There is a time to throw stones and a time to gather stones, a time to kiss and a time to turn from kissing. There is a time to try to find and a time to lose, a time to keep and a time to throw away. There is a time to tear apart and a time to sew together, a time to be quiet and a time to speak. There is a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. Verse 9. What does the worker get for his work? I have seen the work which God has given the sons of men to do. He has made everything beautiful in its time. He has put thoughts of the forever in man's mind. Yet man cannot understand the work God has done from the beginning to the end. I want to ask a question that maybe, maybe you've never thought about before. Why in the world do we have seasons? I mean literal seasons. Why do we have the fall? Why do we have the spring? Why do we have the winter and why do we have the summer? 
Of course, if you live in Georgia like I do, you probably don't feel like you have a spring or fall. You feel like you have a summer and a winter. But either way, we have seasons. We have natural seasons. And to build on top of that, not only do we have natural seasons, we have seasons that we have creative. We have the holiday seasons. We have Christmas time. We have fall festival time, if you want to call it that. We have Thanksgiving. We have summer vacation. We have spring break. We have these seasons that we have created. And it's kind of funny. We kind of invented the timeline. At some point in the history of mankind, somebody said that they wanted to remember something. They wanted to immortalize a moment in time. And thus, they began counting. And later in history, a group of people decided we were going to start counting from a certain point in time. It's where our date comes from. And now we don't just have one calendar. We have many different calendars that other places follow, other communities, if you will, follow. Somebody decided we were going to start counting. We have time. We count every minute. We count every second. And that's how we judge our lives. And oftentimes it's because we want to remember something. Also, it's because that's how we keep track of things. Think about it. How in the world would you know how long that you worked, how much you should be paid your wage for? Well, it's because you counted the hours that you was at work that day, how long it took you to perform the task, etc., etc. Seasons matter. However, I don't believe God has a timeline like we do. See, I believe God is omnipresent. I believe that God doesn't have a timeline that goes straight across like we do. I believe God time, if you will, is in a wave pattern. I believe he can be light years ahead of us, and yet he can come right back to where we were. In fact, he can go back into our past and help heal a situation that we never thought we would ever be free from. God is not bound by time. He is not bound by seasons. He gives us seasons. He gives us time because he wants us to appreciate where we are in our lives and in our walk with him. See, we all have an expiration date. I don't know yours and I don't know mine. I believe that the Bible says that a man is promised around 70 years. I believe that that's truth. I believe that's biblical. It also says that if a man lives according to God, that he's promised 80 years. Maybe you don't believe that. That's okay. Let's not overthink that or get into a debate over that right now. However, I want you just to realize that every single one of us does have an expiration date. And I believe in oftentimes a lot of people hit a roadblock in that life and it causes that time to end before the expiration date. I don't believe a car wreck is from God. I don't believe a sickness is from God. I don't believe a child having cancer is from God. So no, I don't believe that God caused that situation. But it does make us stop and think how fragile is our time. I challenged my students this past Wednesday. I challenged them as we opened up the service and I said, if this was your last day, if this was the very last few moments, at the time it was 7.30 at night, 
And if this was your last day on earth, would you be happy with the report card? Would you be happy with what you did, what you said, where you were? And I'm not even talking about sinful things. I'm talking about just being appreciative, telling someone that you love them, hugging somebody that matters to you, thanking someone for being there, and most importantly, spending time with God. If today was your last day and my last day, would we be happy with what we did with it? Would we be ecstatic or excited? See, I believe that every one of us will have blips on the radar, blips on the timeline of our lives when it's all over, and we're face-to-face with our God, with our King. I believe in that moment we will somehow see our entire life played out. Now, I can't explain what that's going to look like. I can't explain how it's going to happen. Maybe it'll be as if we saw the whole thing in just a second, or maybe it'll be play-by-play. I don't know, and I don't have the answer, and I don't claim to. However, I believe there's blips. I believe there'll be moments where we gave God great glory. I believe there'll be moments where we made Jesus proud that we were his bride. And maybe there's moments where we failed. And thank God for his grace. But I don't want to be the one that stands face to face, eye to eye with Jesus. And I don't hear well done. That's the goal that I have in my life right now. I don't have a goal to be rich and famous. I don't have a goal to be the most uh, best motivational speaker or even the best pastor, preacher, evangelist. Would I love to speak to thousands of people each week? Of course, I'm a human and I'm attracted to those things. But if that's not what pans out, if that's not what God has willed for me, that is perfectly fine with me as long as I am a part of his will. And I'm not perfect. I slip and fall. And again, there's always grace. However, I have one thing I want to hear from my God when that day comes. Someday my strength is going to fail. Someday, and I pray that it's a hundred years from now. Someday I'm going to slip away from this fleshy body. I'll be gone from this earth and I'll be face to face. And all I want to hear is well done my good and faithful servant. What will I look at the Lord and say to him? I don't know. I don't know what I'll say in that moment, but I really pray that I can look at him and say, I tried my absolute very, very best. Hi guys, and thank you for listening to the Millennial Preacher Podcast. I wanted to take just a second to invite you to join me next week as I interview the one and only Pastor Marty Derricott of the North Georgia Revival Christ Fellowship Church. It's going to be an exciting day as we talk about and learn about what is happening in Dawsonville, Georgia, what is the North Georgia Revival, and perhaps we'll dive a little bit into why it's happening the way that it's happening. I'm excited, so join us next Thursday right here on the Millennial Preacher Podcast. See you then. I believe that the Lord showed me that there's four types of spiritual seasons aside from our natural seasons. I believe you can break down these four seasons into revival, awakening, preparation, and transitioning. 
and I want to take a moment to try my very best to explain those, and by no means is this an exhaustive list, or by no means is this the exact same for every single person, but I believe it might help you. A revival. The word revival means breathing life back into something, specifically in this context, it's breathing life back into the church. Why in the world would God send a revival to a church, to a community, to his people? Why would he do that? Well, I believe it's to remind the church of their purpose, to build faith in the believers and sort of supercharge that tribe, that community. Revival isn't meant to be inside of a single building or a tent meeting or camp meeting or anything like that. Revival is meant to spark something back, maybe maybe even better than the former. Revival isn't meant to last forever. Revival is something that is like shocking the heart back to life. And then there's something called an awakening. An awakening is when sinners awaken to the truths of God and their sin. Revival should bring awakening. That's a deeper level. That's something beyond having a revival meeting within a church or when in the confines of a community or a group of people or various tribes coming together. An awakening stretches outside of the four walls and reaches the sinners, those that no one else is going after, and it awakens them to the true gospel of Jesus Christ in both grace and in truth. Personally, I believe that we can go through a season of preparation. I believe that God is a gracious God. And when we're getting ready to go into a, a new season in our lives, I believe he gives us a preparatory period. And in that preparatory period, it's a time of training, planning, and prepping for the future. And maybe you're in that time and you don't even know that you're in that time. But if you feel that it's quite possible that you sense there is a transition, a new season on the horizon, realize you may very well be in the prep season. And during that time, and, and this is just from personal experience, not that I have all the answers, but personally during that time, I try to seek after the right people that can give me godly counsel of what to do in this upcoming season and what to do with the season that's closing. I had some really good advice, actually, this past couple of weeks. Somebody told me if you're in a season of preparation and you're coming into the time of transitioning, have every conversation that you need to have with every person that you may be leaving behind. Maybe those conversations are just conversations of gratitude and thanksgiving. Maybe those conversations are some hard conversations and you need to bring up some hurts and some issues that you have with that person or a specific situation. And you don't want to bring that hurt, that bitterness, that offense, that whatever into the new season that you're going into. And then there is a time of transitioning. When you're transitioning into something, you're going to a higher level or a brand new place in your life, specifically in the context of a Christian. We're talking about a deeper level in Christ. That is a time when you notice things are not the same anymore. You feel bondages breaking. You feel so tight ties beginning to untie. You feel that you have accomplished whatever goal 
or whatever plan or whatever appointment that God had you do at where you were. And there's new doors opening. I heard a very interesting quote earlier today, actually. And that quote went something like this. I don't cry when the door shuts behind me. I don't cry when I look back and I'm in the hall and I can't go backwards. I don't cry because I'm excited and I laugh and I run towards the door that's opening in front of me. Always remember, if one door is closing, something else is opening. And if you're in a preparatory season or even a transitioning season, maybe a door has closed behind you and the door in front of you hasn't quite opened up all the way yet. You know what you do in that moment? You dance in the hallway. Dance like no one's looking. Dance. Celebrate. Laugh. Find joy again. Praise the Lord for what happened in the past and thank him for what's going to happen in the future. It's called trust, my friends. It's called believing that you are living in divine appointments. If we are Christians, we are no longer our own man. We are no longer our own woman. We are God's property. And if we are following the Holy Spirit, he will number every single one of our footsteps. And as long as we're walking close with him, we can be assured we're going to be led in all the right places. So how do we make the most out of these seasons, specifically the ones that I talked about? Well, I believe that I have a few keys here. And again, this isn't the only exhaustive list. It's just things that I believe have helped me in my personal journey. Key number one is to realize that there are seasons for both a tribe, a church family, and for us as individuals. Just because you're in a different season than everyone else may be around you, that isn't a bad thing, but also you have to remember not to expect everyone else around you to be feeling the same things you're feeling. That's not a bad thing. It just means you're in a different season or perhaps you're in a a preparatory stage or something else like that, and maybe they're already where they need to be, or maybe they aren't done with whatever season they were in. And I believe that if you're part of a tribe, if you're part of a church family, that church family, that tribe, that group of people can go through specific seasons as well. And during that time, you're in a season together. And that's that's a little bit different. I think that's a lot more fun because you're not by yourself in that moment. You are all together. And that's a really cool place to be. Not everyone will experience that in their life. So celebrate that. Key number two is to recognize that each season has special necessities that are only accepted during that season. Don't keep crying over last season. If you played sports or or maybe you watch sports and you're a big fan of something, don't keep living in the past. Realize there's certain things that you need in this time. Maybe there aren't the same needs. Maybe you don't need the same tools that you needed this past season, but there are some tools. There's some things that you learned in the past that you will bring with you into this new season that is going to help you. Recognize that while you're in the preparatory time, you are building up a toolbox, special things that you're going to need during that time. Trust the Lord. Trust the Lord, and he's going to get you exactly what you need. He's brought you to this point. 
So why would he not keep going with you? Number three, trust God in every season and remember his promises. So sometimes we don't know why we go through certain seasons. And I don't believe that every single question that we have here has an answer that we're going to get while we're in this lifetime. I can't answer why some people die prematurely. I can't answer why some people that are are living right and doing everything they should be doing still get sick. I can't explain why some people can stand in line for hours at a healing service and get a genuine miracle and why somebody right next to them with just as much faith doesn't get anything at all. I can't explain that, but I do want to remind you that God is faithful. I say that because I want to build your faith. I don't have all the answers, and nowhere does any man, any pastor, any evangelist, any prophet, anybody, whatever title they have in front of their name, nobody has all the answers. They are not God, and I am not God, but I can tell you, I know that God is good. I know he loves you. And I know he's going to carry you through. If your season you're in is hard, it does have an end. Remember our Bible verse that we read at the very beginning. Everything has a time. Everything has an end. Everything will get to another season. Number four, keep planting seed. You may be in a very bountiful harvest in your life. And of course, that looks different for every person. Maybe you're a businessman or businesswoman. And so for you, you might be in a very successful time. Your business has grown. You're doing really well. Maybe maybe you're a teacher and you finally settled into your school. You finally settled into your lesson plans. You know what you're doing. You're not the new guy. You're not the new gal. And so everything's going great. Maybe you're in ministry and your church is booming. You finally have money in the bank. You don't have to worry so much about everything. And everything looks great and grand. During that time, perhaps it's even more important to plant seed than it was when everything was the opposite. Keep planting Seed, because if you continue planting seed, you'll never be 100% in need. And I didn't mean to make that rhyme, but maybe it'll help you to remember. Keep planting seed, and you will never be in a place where you're in complete need. There is one thing that isn't bound to the law of season, only one. God is everlasting. He is in everything, and everything encompasses in Him. Don't put time versus God. God is time. He is all things. Don't try to narrow God down. See, I think we get into a lot of trouble. I think that a lot of denominations that mean very well, a lot of big movements, a lot of religious sects and Christianity, I believe that they all meant well, but they tried to explain God. We can never fully explain God. Now, the Bible does teach that if we seek, we shall find him. And I believe that's true. But it's hard for me to recognize God as a healer if I've never been healed. It's hard to see God as the deliverer if I've never experienced any kind of deliverance. It doesn't mean that I can't hear somebody else's testimony and my faith not be built. But let's just remember that we are not meant 
to explain God. We are meant to discover God. It's an invitation, not a demand. And that is a very beautiful thing. I hope that today has helped you. I hope that maybe you will put some of these keys that we talked about today to use. And no matter what season you find yourself in, good, bad, somewhere in the middle, one that's confusing, one that's hard, always, always remember that God will give you a vision for your life. But he holds the provision. That means he sees the big picture. You and I, we don't have to see around every corner. All we have to see is what's right in front of us. And as long as the Holy Spirit is right in front of us and we're following after him, we can trust and we can know that we will always be on the right path. I love you. Can I pray for you? Father, I thank you for this listener. God, I thank you for every person listening right now and every person that will be listening in the future. God, I pray that each and every one of us, myself included, will trust you even more. God, we thank you for seasons. We thank you for time. We thank you, God, that you allow us to keep track because moments matter. And we are so very thankful. God, we're thankful for the gift of life. We're thankful for everything, the good and the bad, because it propels us closer and closer to you. God, I pray for every person, no matter what season they're in, that they will not grow content, but they will forever be evolving and changing as they grow closer and closer to you. I pray, God, that we won't just look to men and women for answers and guidance, but we will always, very first and very last, look to Jesus and trust in the Holy Spirit. You're a still small voice, God but you're still speaking and we are so very, very thankful in Jesus name. Amen. You just listened to the millennial preacher podcast with Ryan Roberts. Thank you for taking the time to listen today, share with all of your friends and family, and we look forward to talking to you again next week. Look for brand new episodes of this podcast every Thursday until then we'll see you later.